Good morning, Desert Breezers. How y'all doing this morning? Well, if you're new, uh, welcome to Desert Breeze. We're stoked that you guys are here. Um, my name is Ryan Davis. I'm the youth pastor. Pastor Ray had the weekend off, and he asked me to kind of step in and share a little bit about uh, some of the psalms that I've been uh, diving in and uh, reading. Um, as you know, uh, or maybe you don't, the current series that we are in is Soul Rx, meaning finding God is our ultimate remedy in this life, and that we don't have to turn to the things of this world, but we can just focus fully on him. And so this morning, our topic is make war, or you can call it picking a fight. One of my favorite all-time movies, besides Lord of the Rings, that's probably one of my favorite things, um, but is Braveheart. Dude, I love Braveheart, dude. I don't know if it's because of the, the crazy fighting scenes, the blood and the guts, or the vengeance, or whatever it is. Um, and I guess I hate to admit it, um, I am a sucker for chick flicks, um, even though it's not a chick flick, but there's that, that guy-girl kind of thing. Oh, he wants to fight for her and win her over. Um, and I think the reason I like those, yeah, I'm embarrassed. I like chick flicks. I shouldn't have said that, shouldn't I? Um, the reason I love this is because I think that's exactly the story of the Bible. The God of the universe, the creator and the stainer of the universe came down and rescued us. He came for us. And in, that, in this movie Braveheart, dude, one of my favorite scenes, it's, no, it's not the whole freedom. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. That's my best accent I can give you. Um, I don't even know if that's... Anyways, but my favorite scene, dude, check this out, is they're about to go to battle, and the Englishmen are coming to the middle of the battlefield, and uh, William Wallace is, uh, starts to head down there. His buddy is like, what are you doing? I'm going to pick a fight. And so he goes to the middle of the battlefield. These guys are sitting all nice and proper on their horses, all looking all pretty. And William Wallace in his, in his crazy get-up um, goes and starts kind of pushing them around. You guys seen the movie how he's like riding his horse and kind of bumping into him, kind of getting them, off, getting them distracted, basically kind of playing like I would say like the Dennis Rodman, how he played basketball. He kind of annoyed people. He kind of pushed people around. I think this is what Dennis Rodman, or Dennis Rodman, this is what uh, William Wallace uh, was kind of doing. And the Englishman tells, tries to set the standards and said, hey, do you know what? Um, you guys should just bow down before us, serve us. Otherwise, you guys are going to die. We're going to kill you guys. We're going to slaughter you guys. Because look at all these men we have. But what does William Wallace say? He says, he kind of interrupts the guy. He said, hold, hold the phone, man. Hang on, hang on just a second, dude. You guys need to leave this place right now. You need to go and apologize and repent for every sin that you've committed, for everything and if you do that, then we won't kill you. Mm -hmm. And so what happens? Like, the guy just kind of laughs. and He's like, man, look at this big army we have. He's putting his trust in the army and all this hugeness. But William Moss is like, uh, he's fighting for a bigger, bigger purpose. And he struts off. And then, they, of course, they go to battle. Um, so this morning, this is what we're going to be doing. This is what we're going to be picking a fight. We're going to be making, we're going to be making war. And maybe, um, maybe you're thinking in your head, and you're like, dude, Ryan. I thought we were supposed to love each other. Make, make war? I thought we were supposed to make love. Not like that. But, <laughs> but we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to help each other out. That's, dude, that's not what I'm talking about. Ephesians 6, if you don't know it, it says, put on the full armor of God. Why? Because this battle isn't against flesh and blood. This isn't about you and me. But a lot of times do we make it about you and me. But this battle, is a, there's a spiritual war. It says that this is against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces and the heavenly places. 
Wow. So we are making war not against each other. There's a craziness war that's going on that we totally forget about when we're so into this, this battle, the people backstabbing us, the people talking crap on us about us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. People are talking bad about us. We can deny that and understand, man, there's another war that's going on. And so this morning, we're going to be picking a fight. And I believe that's what David is doing in this psalm. And I believe if we are adequately picking fights, if we're praying, if we're seeking the face of God, there's this um, little kid t-shirt I've seen. Uh, maybe you've seen it. It says, I don't look for trouble, but I don't uh, look for trouble, but trouble finds me. That's what happens, I believe. John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. First uh, Peter 5, 8, the adversary of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He does not want you here. He doesn't want you in small groups. He doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you communing with other believers, talking about your faith. And so when we are focused on God, when we're praying, it, life is going to get tough. And that's what we're going to kind of look here. But before we do, I want to pray, and then we'll dive in. Will you pray with me? Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for this time. We thank you that we can open up your word. We thank you that we can sing the songs that we just sang to your name, God. I pray that you become so real to us this morning. I pray that this is not just my thoughts, my ideas. This is that you speak through me. You open up my heart, these people's hearts, their minds, their ears, so we can know you, God, so that we can know you are real and we can live for you. We thank you so much and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. So let's read. If you have your Bibles, um, turn to Psalm 144. Um, we're going to uh, do something a little different here this morning. Um, we're going to read it, talk about it a little bit, and then you guys are going to kind of, kind of, in your groups or in your aisles, you're going to read it and talk about it and kind of share with what, the things that stuck out to you. But before we do that, I want to read it as a whole, and then we'll go from there. So check this out. Psalm 144, starting in verse 1. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge. He subdues people under me. O Lord, what is man that you regard him or the son of man that you would think of him? Man is like a breath and his days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains and so they smoke. Flash forth the lightning and scatter them. Send your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high and rescue me and deliver me from the many waters from the hand of the foreigners whose mouth speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God, upon a ten-string harp. I will play to you who gives victory to kings who rescues David, his servant, from the cruel sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of the foreigners whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. May our sons and their youth be like plants full grown and our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of the palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. May our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure in bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. And so, if you didn't already know, David is the author of this book. Psalms are prayers, they're, they're praises, they're thanksgiving. It's basically David's communion with God, his interaction. It's his personal relationship with God. 
First Thessalonians, you can write this down if you haven't heard it. First Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. When I first heard that, I was like, pray continually, dude. I got to work. I got a family to feed. I got fantasy football championships to win. I was listening off all these things. And I'm like, what, like, what does that mean to pray continually? But let me, let me kind of explain to you what this means. Pray means to ask. The Greek word means to ask for assistance without ceasing or continually, depending on your translation, means not stopping. So basically, you, you are living your life, kind of like jo- the John Bon Jovi song, living on a prayer. Your life is everything. Every moment, every second, you're focused on God. That doesn't mean you don't have times where you go away to the quiet place like Jesus. That he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. But it's meaning having the mindset of you're always thinking eternally and not, not like this. You're thinking that God is with you every step of the way. And so... Uh, I'm going to kind of get a little honest with you guys that I, this is one of my biggest struggles and this is why I wanted to talk about this this morning. I don't think eternally a lot of times. I see a task and a to-do list and I want to get it done. I don't know if you're like that. You just see, oh, I just want to get it done. Just get her done, it's right. And I just keep going and going and going and I don't think about it. And do you know why? Sometimes I think that maybe God just won't intervene for me. I don't, the God of the universe, why would he come down and help me out just from a simple prayer that I might have? And so... And, when, when I was in college, I guess, before I say that, I guess it gives an illustration of my mindset of why I thought that um, the God of the universe not helping me out because I just want to do it myself. I just see the task and I want to do it. That would be kind of like, I guess, an illustration for that would be, let's say I'm the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, that's right. I'm the next Kurt Warner. And uh, I tell my offensive line to say, dude, I don't need you guys. I'm going to go ahead and win this whole game without you guys. And I tell, well, of course, it kind of, it's kind of like that anyway. But like, I tell them to get rid of, and I'm just going to win this game anyway. I know that's a poor illustration, but it's like trying to do things on yourself when, when you have some power that's within you, that's there for you. When I was in college, dude, I heard a sermon on sharing your faith and the importance of having non-Christians or non-believers or people that have a different view. And I was like, I thought through, and I was like, I'm a youth leader at my church. I go to a Christian school college. I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't really have many non-believers or people that believe totally random things that I don't believe. And so that night I prayed. I'm like, God, that would be cool. Can you give me an opportunity to share my faith? I really, it would be cool like to, to share, be a light into this dark world. Guess what happened the very next day? I'm sitting in Starbucks. I'm hanging out, doing my studies. That's like my third office. I'll just be sitting there. You might see me there sometimes. And I'm just sitting there studying. I have my headphones on. I'm just going to town. It's like eight or nine o'clock at night before they're closing. Some dude, no one else is in this, in this place. The baristas are there, kind of hanging out. This guy comes in, orders a drink. A ton of places to sit. He sits right next to me. And in my th- head, I'm like, dude, what are you doing, dude? This is kind of weird. Uh, that's my bubble. These, this is my chair. The two chairs next to me and those seats, those six chairs, those are mine. There's plenty of things. That's what I'm thinking. And so as I'm, uh, as I'm still sitting, he kind of looks at me and kind of nods at me. And I'm just like, that's really weird. And so I just, I'm like, hey. And he's like, what are you reading? And I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. He's like, why? And he's like, I'm a youth leader. I'm doing a Bible study. And I start talking about it. He's like, oh, he's like, I don't believe in the Bible. He starts tar- talking about how he doesn't believe in the Bible and this and that. And I'm just like, and I start sharing my faith with him, sharing why I'm teaching, what I'm teaching, why I am a believer. And it clicked. I'm like, wow, I, 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 God, I just prayed this. I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't even ready for that, and you gave it to me. There's an about, and I don't know why I don't do this more often. It happened again about a month ago. 
me and my wife in our neighborhood, uh, we have this crazy, insane neighbor. I don't know if you guys have crazy, insane neighbors, but these people are crazy and insane. And this is an 80-year-old guy, has his grandson, who's like 20-something. He's, I think, a drug dealer, and, is, and he does all sorts of crazy things. He speeds in and out of our, out of our cul-de-sac. Um, I have to tell him to slow down a lot of times. But like probably once or twice a week, they'll be on their driveway, just swearing up and down, screaming at the top of their lungs. And I have to get my boys inside and shut the door. And so my wife and I are often praying, God, please get this guy out of our life. Have great neighbors. We want good neighbors. And then all of a sudden it hit me. God was like, dude, why are you praying for them to leave? Why don't you just pray that God, that I change their heart? And I was like, oh, good idea, God. That's a good one. <laughs> and so I sat there and I was like, you know what, God, give me an opportunity. Within two days, you know what happens? I'm out there taking out the trash. They're having one of their, their spit spat fights. I'm taking out the trash. He comes over to me crying and starts saying, man, I'm not accepted. I'm not good enough. And just, just going on and on why they have fights, the things that he's struggling with. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm thinking, wow, God, I'm like, really? I'm like, cereal, man, come on. And he, and I just, I just start thinking, I'm like, why don't I ask for, for God to use me more often? And so this morning, this is a prayer. This is a prayer for asking God for us to pick a fight for God to use us. But before we do that, I want us to kind of get into, I know we're kind of already in groups, but you're going to turn to the person next to you for the next 60 seconds. You're going to read verses 1 and 2 and ask yourself, what does this verse mean? And then we're going to kind of work through this. And then I have another crazy, gnarly story I want to share with you guys about this whole prayer thing. So for the next 60 seconds, I know this might be uncomfortable, um, but... This is what we do on Sundays in Backdraft. We discuss things, we talk about it. So for the next 60 seconds, turn to the person, two, three, four people next to you, read the verse, and come up with what you think it means. All right, so what'd you guys come up with? Sorry to interrupt you. We're gonna do this a few more times. Just yell it out to me. Pizza? Is that what you said? What'd you guys come up with? Don't be shy. It's a battle. God is with us. God is what? He's going to do it for us. I'm going to tell you what, though, these are great points. There's a, plenty, there's a lot of things we can look at this verse, but the one thing that stuck out to me, Martin Luther said, true religion is found in personal pronouns, meaning that our faith becomes real when we personalize it. So when I read this, um, there's one word, and the word my stuck out to me, kind of like the seagulls from Finding Nemo. Mine, mine, mine. He repeated it over and over again. And when things are repeated, that means you know it's important. Did you guys see what, what, what I'm talking about here? The blessed be the Lord, my rock, verse two, my steadfast love, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, in whom I take refuge. So to make war, your first film, like, is to, we have to personalize it. Meaning this is a personal thing. This is a personal relationship with God. This isn't your parents' religion. They're, they're your, your parents' church. This isn't your grandparents. This isn't, this, the church isn't just us leaders. But you guys, it's everybody. We need to personalize it. This is your God. This is our God. I want to preface one thing real quick. I made a mistake in... These things are going to be wrong. Um, the reason I gave you some gaps and stuff, I, want, I encourage you guys to write some stuff down, other stuff. Just because this is stuff that I am intimately building in my relationship with God, things that I'm learning that I'm sharing with you. If something else sticks out to you, I encourage you to write it down. But also there's going to be a point here that I kind of messed it up, so you have to scribble something, just so you know. The first service was a little confused and scared. And, uh, so 
So the first point, man, we need to personalize it. This is relationship with God. It's a personal, intimate relationship. You're just not knowing facts about God, but you're knowing him intimately, a one-on-one thing. And sometimes, like I said, I used to assume that God would take it. He would take care of everything for me. I just, that's why I never prayed. I never said, presented my prayers and requests to God with thanksgiving, like it says to do. I didn't pray continually. I just was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And when we do that, man, we're assuming we're assuming that, every, that God's going to, yes, he's going to take care of it. He's, he's God. He's going to do what he wants to do. But we have opportunities. We have this, the creator and the standard of the universe is on our side and he wants to know us. So, number one, we must personalize. I mean, you need to start to make war in this world. Maybe we have to have a personal relationship with God. This is your God and he is for you and not against you. All right, the next 60 seconds, I want you to read the next three to four verses. And then we'll go from there. Is there any thoughts? All right, ver- the next few verses. Verses three, um, yeah, verses three and four, and then we'll talk about it. All right, so what did you guys come up with? What is this verse? There's no wrong answers. God cares about us. Our, ne- our neediness, we can't be alone. We're that we're humans and we need his guidance. Anything else? What was that? We're insignificant. We're temporal. Our days pass quickly. It says, Oh Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath, and his days are like a passing shadow. The first thing that stuck out to me, um, and this is where you can, we're going to fix our notes and on there, and it's going to be wrong on the uh, UI version thing. Um, and... I was thinking that we need to be opportunistic. Like, oh, we don't have a lot of time, so we gotta go to work, we gotta go do it. Run, 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 go, 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 go. We gotta get stuff done because we only have a few, we don't ever know when we're gonna die. So we gotta hurry up and do it. But then I rethought about it. I talked to my wife a little bit about it last night and she opened up my eyes to something that I totally, totally missed. And so I kind of changed my point on here. Originally it was, we're gonna uh, be, we need to be opportunistic about it, meaning taking every opportunity to do it. And those are, that's the things that we need to do. We only have a few, few seconds on this world compared to eternity. But verse 2, it talks about his steadfast love, that God is my steadfast love. And I honestly think this is what this is talking about, which some of you guys had right on. And that we are insignificant, that God's love is amazing. Man, we can't do anything without his love. We love because he first loved us. There's nothing that we can do. I was so focused on what I need to do, what I need to get done. Like I kind of shared, like I'm always focused on what to do. It's like, oh, we need to be opportunists. We need to go, 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 go. But, and then I was like, no, it's not about going. It's about done. It's about what he's already done for us. His steadfast love. He is my steadfast love. And so the, the thing that I, that I kind of want, that I put down here is to make war. You can scribble that part of it. This is point number two. We must know the passion behind it. This is the goodness. You can write that as well. The goodness of God. That's an attribute. His goodness meaning this, the, the creator and the sustainer of the universe who created the world. He loves us so much. He, he created, he descended, he died on the cross, he lived the life we should have lived, he died the death we should have died and rose again. And not only that, he gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us the power, That's, which is what we're gonna look at next. But man, his steadfast love. And honestly, man, if we pass, that, if we pass over that, man, we're gonna forget a lot. And I did it first. As I'm reading, as I'm studying this, I'm like, do, 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 do. My wife's like, it's, not our, it's already done. So I was like, wow. 
It is done, huh? His steadfast love is better than life. And so I want us to read this next, these next few verses uh, together. Um, if we have them on there, if not, then I'll just, do we have the next few verses up there? I didn't know. Check this out. If you have your Bible, you can read along with me. I'm reading out of the ESV. And this is the next. If we want to make war, we need to have this personal relationship with God. He is our God. He is for us and not against us. Knowing the passion behind it. Man, the passion that he did, he died, died for us. He thought of us. He knows the very head, the very head, the very hairs on our head. He knows us inside and out. And so check this out. Verses 5 through 8 and 11. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they smoke. Flash force the lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of the foreigners, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Rescue me and deliver me. For the, uh, this is verse 11. From the hand of the foreigners, whose mouth speaks lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. So the thing, when I read that, I'm like, wow, that is crazy. What David is referring to is he, you need to, this is the next point, is we must know the power behind it. That is the greatness, the craziness of God. What David is doing here, if you don't know, verse five, when he says, bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountain so they smoke. He is, I believe he's re- referring to Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, when God came down and the mountain smoked. And so he is recalling in his memory scripture. He's recalling in his memory history, the things that God has done. Verse 6 says, flash force the lightning and scatter them. He's talking about the enemy. He's like, scatter our enemy. Send out the arrows and rout them. I believe that he's talking about God's intervention in Joshua 10 against the Canaanites. When God intervened and threw down lightning and scattered the people and gave him victory. I think David is recalling that. Man, God, this is what you have done. This is what you have done. Man, look how crazy your power is. Verse seven says, stretch out your hand from on high, rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of the foreigners. I believe this is a picture of the parting of the Red Sea. When they go, when Israel escapes, when Moses is leading the people out of captivity, they go to the Red Sea and they're like, oh my goodness, we're, we're stuck. Look, Moses, but guess what? God intervenes and parts the Red Sea and sets them free. I believe this is what David is recalling here. He's bringing back to his memory the power of God, the things that God has done for his people. Do you guys remember last week what Pastor Ray talked about? The number one promise in the Bible? Fear not. Why? I'll never leave you. That's what, when we know the power of God, we don't have to fear. The number one promise. If we recall the promises of God, if we put our beak in the book and read the Bible and understand what God has done for us, how much he loves us. It says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Um, I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for that statement. Pastor Ray asked me to teach and I was like, heck no, I won't go. And I realized, I'm like, well, greater he is, it's not gonna be me anyways, what I was, God was telling me. It's not you, it's me anyways. Don't worry about it, dude. I got your back. Jesus left. Like I said, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, dude, he came down, he died for us, he rose again and he left the disciples saying, man, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give you the power. And so we not only have to know the passion and the love, but know the power that we have. And often, man, I forget that. And you would think that I remember because when I pray and like crazy things start happening, I pray for it to share my faith and it happens. I pray that God give me another opportunity and it happens. And I so forget. My God, why am I not praying more continually? Why am I not seeking your face? Well, I think we forget the power. 
we forget about the greatness of God and the power that is within us. So I believe if we have a personal relationship with God, if we know him intimately, know that he is for us and not against us, his love is so amazing. His steadfast love is greater than life. Knowing that, man, we have this power that is not us, but it is him working within us. I think this next thing will happen. And so I want you guys to look in your groups again and think verse 9 and 10, what is this saying to you guys and how we can go out and pick a fight, how we can go out and make war. 60 seconds, go. What did you guys come up with? Victory. Anything else? Praise. Freedom. Action. There's so many things we can learn from this passion, but since we're talking about prayer and picking a fight, I like using the same letter. So P, we'll say praise. We must praise him because it helps me remember. So we're going to personalize our relationship. Man, there's passion behind it. There's power behind it. And when we know those things, dude, we're going to praise him. And that's the next point. It's we must praise him for it, meaning praise him for the victory that it has. Do you see what David is doing here? He's praising God for the victory that he's about to have. I don't, man, I wish I would do that sometimes. I, I sit there and I start struggling and doubting. Start wondering, man, what, what's going on in my life? Don't know what to do. And realize, man, I just need to lift it up to him. I think you and I, we're natural boasters. And that could be another thing you said. We must boast about it. We must brag about it. You and I, we're natural boasters. We like boasting about things. At least I do. Maybe you don't. Look at Instagram, man. We boast about things. Instagram, that photo thing, we post photos and we're like, yeah, I'm not talking bad about it, but just we, we brag, look at this, look how great this is, this is awesome. I just, I just Instagrammed this last week, this amazing restaurant I went to. I just went to, uh, it's been around for years apparently, but it's called Rocket Burger. Tom and I went to it and I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm gonna take a picture, that looks delish. And so I took a picture of it and wanted people to know that I went to Rocket Burger. And, uh, and I think we do this, and when you find something amazing, like it says, taste and see, like Ryan talk, talked about a few weeks ago. Taste and see that God is good. We want to boast about it. We're like, yeah, look how great that is. Like when the Cardinals were like, heck yeah, they won last night, right? They look so amazing. And so we boast about it. We boast about it. When we find something that just is amazing in life, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But so often, man, we forget about God and how amazing he is. But man, if we understand the victory that we already have in Christ, that Christ already came, he died on the cross for our sins, and we have that power now, we have the Holy Spirit, man. And not only that, I believe, but also the boasting in one another, lifting one another up. And I think this is another way of saying, when, we, when you see someone that's on fire for God, doesn't that fire you up? You're like, yeah, man, yeah, buddy. Gets you excited, gets you boasting about it, makes you want to go experience it. And I think that's another part of this. I want, to, I want you to watch this, this, this uh, video. It's 20 seconds long. It's my son's, and then I'll, we'll go to the next point. Look at it right here. Look at it. Yeah. Hey, hey, whoa. Oh, he won't. It's moving. Hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. Yay, get down. Touchdown. Yeah. As you can tell, my uh, Griffin, he's obsessed with football. He loves sitting like, he'll just sit and watch football games with me. He's crazy. He's funny. So anything that you do is good as a touchdown. Um, 
And so we praise him for it. Meaning when we see other people that are falling, we, we see other things that are going on. We're cheering them on. And that's what he was doing. He saw his brother um, and he's like, yeah, you can get it. Oh, you can't do it. But you can, you can, you can. He's gone, he's gone. Oh, touchdown. Yay. Um, he, he, the, and that's the one he just started learning to crawl this last week. And so I had to film it. It's so funny. And as I'm looking through this, I'm like, wow. How, how often do we do that with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Maybe, maybe some of us do it more than others. But man, we need to, when we're praising God, we're lifting one another up in our prayers and in our conversation and encouraging them. Understanding that, man, we have the victory. We have the strength. We have the power. Let's get this to our next point. I'm going to read it. May our sons, this is verse 12 through 15 in Psalm 144. May our sons in their youth be like plants full grown and our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of the palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. And may our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure in bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our street. The point that I got away with that is that we must live it. We must live it. He is living his prayer. He understands the power of God, the passion that God loves him so much. So he's just like, hey God, these are my requests. This is what's going on in my life. Can you please provide? Can you please be there? I need you in these. I believe he's, he's referring back to verse two when he says, you are my shield in whom I take refuge. We will actually live it. If we believe those things, dude, I think we're gonna be able to live it. And not only live it in our prayer life, Remember verse one, how you guys were kind of talking about, it was about battle. You prepare my hands for battle, my fingers for war, or it might be vice versa. I think this is also talking about not just living it and praying, but also going out and doing it. We're about to move, the biggest move in Desert Breeze history. And like, like Pastor uh, Scott was up here sharing about all the needs and all the things that are happening. I think this is an opportunity This is what I believe he is saying. May our sons in their youth be like full-grown plants, meaning may our sons be strong and wise. When people kind of come and try to dissuade them from these other myths or these other lies, they will be strong. Our women may be uh, the corner pillars cut for the structure of the palace. That's also another sign, sign of strength and wisdom. We can pray for that. That's all fine and dandy. It's good to pray. But I think more important, or not more importantly, but God has given us the power to live for them and actually go alongside of our youth, go alongside of our kids and show them what it means to be a man of God, what it, what it means to be a woman of God. And you don't have to be older and have all this wisdom to do that. You could be 15 and be and discipling a 12-year-old. My professor in college told me there's three people that you need to have in your, in your life. Person who is older than you, Someone that you can, or maybe it doesn't have to be physically, spiritually older, someone that you can go to for wisdom. You can go to for advice. A person that's your same age that you can actually share life with. And then someone who's younger than you that you can pour into. You need to have an inlet and an outlet. Because if you do not, you're going to become like the Dead Sea, I believe. You're going to become stubborn. You're going to become dead. Because you have the inlet that, like the Dead Sea, just build up with salt. But we're supposed to be the salt and the light of the earth. And if we're not out there sharing it, if we're not out there discipling people, it's a waste. There's no point in coming. And not only we must live it, but he said, may our granaries be full and our sheep bring forth thousands. And he's going, God, please provide, please provide. But also, man, we got to go to work. We can't just show up in these 
the, everything's going to work just by like that. People are here. People are working. People are doing this for the glory of God. And it's not just coming to church, but it's actually going out into the community. This last week, we went on a prayer walk. We walked around the neighborhood just praying for God to give us opportunities at the neighborhood, at the church office, thinking, man, we're going to be planted here. Let's reach this community. So we walked around the neighborhood praying for God to give us opportunities. We don't see what might, we, we probably don't know what happened yet, but I believe the more we get there, the more we're going to have opportunities to actually be that light. We're going to be out there doing his work. And so I believe we must be hands off because he has prepared our hands for battle and our fingers for war. He has prepared you and me to do it. It's greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Don't have to stress about how good you are at something. I, this is just my opinion, but I don't think we're called to certain ministries. Maybe you disagree with me. But I, in my opinion, I wasn't called to be up here teaching. I'm afraid of talking in front of people. I'm afraid of doing things in front of people. I'm not really a, per, a people person sometimes. It's bad because I'm working with a youth. But, but I know that it's, it's God who's in me. I get scared when I come up here. I was, I was nervous beyond get out. I don't even know what that means. But I was just, I was, because I was putting my faith in what I could do. And I realized, it's not about me, God. You're going to speak through me. And people are going to chew at the meat and spit about, it's not about me. Yes, part of my, my insecurities and part of my stuff kind of shows. But man, God can do amazing things if you're just willing, if you just want to do it. If you just go out and say, God, use me. You love me so much. I know your passion, I know the power. And if you just go out there and praise him and you're faithful in that, man, God is going to use you. And it might not be a yes every time. Sometimes it's known, sometimes it's maybe so, sometimes it's wait. Um, when we went to, we went to camp, the youth just went to camp uh, and to San Diego, to Hume Lake. Our high school group just went to, to Hume Lake. And the very last day, um, the very last day, we like going to the beach the very last night, to talk about what God is doing. We love talking about, hey, this is what God's doing in my life. This is what I learned. This is what I learned. Um, the very last night, and so the speaker's talking. He's going extra long, and I'm thinking, man, we need to get out of here because we need to go talk about Jesus. I want you to talk about Jesus. Let's go talk about Jesus, is what I'm thinking. And it's the 4th of July because I always wanted to get out of there so we can go watch the fireworks. Um, and so it ended. It went a little long. We get in the car. We start heading down the street, and I, uh, we get into traffic. I'm getting, I'm getting flustered. You know, like when you get in a bumper-to-bumper traffic, you're annoyed. It's the 4th of July. Everyone's out on the road. Maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to do. Um, and so we're, we're driving. I pull out and go to another side, and we're still sitting in traffic. Soon enough, a few minutes go by, or maybe an hour goes by, we're still sitting in this traffic, this, this long border. We're, we're on the back of a hill. We're on a hill at Point Loma, and we're kind of going downhill down to the beach, and this long border is going down. He's like having a good old... T- uh, he's going down, and we turn. Um, as, as we're sitting there, we see him, and... This is funny, and that we just started busting up laughing. He's wearing nothing but a Speedo. And he's going down, just wearing his Speedo. I'm like, don't look over there, look over here. And so he's going down, having this good old time. A few seconds, you know what happens if you go downhill, and you probably have had a little too much to drink. You go wobbling, bust your head, and you spin out. And, and so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, that wasn't very, oh, cool, we'll pray for you. Don't look, let's just keep going. We have something to do. We have something on, we need to go. We need to go, um, go talk about Jesus at the beach and have a cool bonfire. Is what I'm thinking. And then something in, in me said, dude, you need to look like a good youth pastor and go help, the, help that guy out. And I was like, oh, really? I'm like, ah, okay, I'll go see if he's okay. And then we'll go and talk about Jesus. And so I get in the, I go see him and I'm like, hey, dude, are you all right, dude? And he looks up at me. He, it wasn't very pretty. Um, and he looks up at me and I was like, I'm going to call 911. And he's like, don't call 911, don't call 911. 
And uh, he's like, call my wife. She's down the street. And first thing I was like, man, you have a wife? That's weird. Um, <laughs> who does those things? Normally your wife whips you into shape. Um, but so he, he as, I, as I was sitting there talking to him, he's telling me that, man, I, I work for the search and rescue for the military. And, and he said, normally I'm the one saving people's lives. So thank you for saving my life. He's like, why are you doing this? No one else is stopping. And the thing I said to him, I'm like, well, that's kind of what, what we do. He's like, what do you mean that's what you do? And I kind of was like, uh, what do you mean? Like, well, I'm a youth pastor. We, we went to a camp. We're on our way to go kind of go to the beach, go hang out. Um, and he looks at me and he's like, you have no idea. You have no idea. And this is hard for me to share. But you have no idea what just ha- was happening here. And I'm like, no idea. He said, I was just praying for this, uh, this thing to happen. He said, I was just praying that God would, someone would, God would send someone to talk to me. He said, my dad just died six months ago. My uncle just died two months ago. I've, I'm doing all these crazy things and I want God, but I hate him right now. He said, I just prayed and I want to know God. And so I sat there and I'm just like, let's pray. So I prayed for him. And he's like, don't just pray that I become a good person. Pray for my heart. My heart sucks. It's not very good and it's evil. And I'm doing all these bad things. And I'm like, okay, let's pray. So I just prayed for him. And I believe if we live it, if we're out there living it, and I had the wrong motives. But the crazy thing is that God used it still. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about my motives or anything I did. God used it. And that was an answered prayer. This guy was calling out to God and we just happened to see him on the side of the road. What a coincidence. We're at a youth camp. We decide to stop and, and changes, this, changes this guy's life. I talked to him like probably a, few, a week later and he was telling me, I got stitches in my head and I'm doing good. I'm going to start going to church. Um, man, I, the understanding, if we can just live things out, if we live our prayers out, if we go out there and make war knowing that, man, Satan doesn't want anyone else to know about God's love. But we have opportunities. He loved us so much. And so I believe, I'm going to, I believe, man, God loves us so much. He wants a personal relationship with each one of us. He is passionate about us. We have power behind our prayers and everything. I really wish we would believe that. We have power behind our prayers. And when we understand the power, and yes, he's going to say yes, no, maybe so sometimes. But we just continue to praise him every second, lifting one another up. Man, I believe we're going to be able to live it. We're going to be able to be miracles. I'm going to invite, I want the band to come up if they're still around and kind of close on this song. It's a song that they were singing. The last song that they sang, it's called Oceans Where My Feet May Fail Because Your Feet Are Going to Fail You. Our, our things that we do aren't going to work sometimes. But guess what? God is the power of God. Because we love because he first loved us. So I encourage you for the next few minutes, as they sing this song, let this be your prayer as we leave here. Knowing that, man, out there, there's a war going on. There is a war, there's a battle going on for your soul, for the, for the souls of the world. But man, we have an opportunity to show God, to show the passion, to show the power of God, to praise him continually. But our feet will fail and only thing we can do is continue to trust in him, trust in him, just trust in him. So let this song, you can stand, you can sit, you can reflect, but just let this song be our prayer as we end our morning. Father, we thank you that we could be here. Thank you for that you are ours and we are yours, that we could have this personal, intimate relationship with you, God.
are such small that our life is but a breath and our days are but a shadow, God. But you thought of us, that you want a relationship with us, that you were passionate about us. And then that there's so much power in prayer, God. I pray that we believe the power. And it's not in us, but it is in you, God. And I pray that we trust in that, that we continue to praise you, encouraging one another towards you so we can live in this dark world this crazy war and this crazy battle that's going on, trusting in you alone. We thank you again for this opportunity and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good week.